1: Hello and welcome to the complete guide to everything—a podcast about everything. I am one of your hosts, Tom, and I'm Tim. Hello, Tim. Hello, Tom. How are you? Did you forget how the show goes? No, I'm just, I just trying to mix it up a little bit, change the by every, having
2: nothing to say,
1: keep everybody on their toes. They think, "Oh, I know how this. I know how this old show goes." Well, and then when they are listening, they're like, "Is this the same show? The guy's saying." Uh, the intro with a different cadence.
2: This show's even worse than usual.
1: (laughs) Look, I tune in only because it's the same thing every day. Keeps me grounded.
2: Every day? Imagine this was a daily show?
1: Uh, To some people, it is.
2: Explain more.
1: I mean, if you're listening to, like, back catalog once a day.
2: That's true. I guess it uh, it could be a daily uh, show. Any entertainment on demand can be daily, huh?
1: Yeah, if you think about it.
2: I've watched Star Wars... Uh, The Mandalorian uh, every day since it's come out.
1: (laughs) There's only one episode so far, Tim.
2: Yeah, so I've watched that two days.
1: All right, well, it's a daily show to you, then. Exactly. It's like the morning news.
2: Yeah, it's like The Daily Show. Craig Kilborn's in it.
1: Craig Kilborn's not in it. And Tim, you'll be surprised to hear Craig Kilborn is no longer the host of The Daily Show. What? Yeah. Nah. Do you remember when people were, like, When Craig Kilborn left The Daily Show and Jon Stewart started, and people were like mad.
2: Yeah, they were like, "Well, what's going to become of The Daily Show now?"
1: Yeah, it'll be a a shadow of itself with uh, with Jon Stewart instead of old Craig Kilborn.
2: Guess what? It might have been a shadow of itself, but that shadow upstaged the man whose shadow was whose body was casting the shadow.
1: Huh? Huh? Oh, like uh, like the the old. Uh, 30s comic character, The Shadow.
2: No, I was thinking more...
1: Famously played by Alec Baldwin.
2: I saw that movie, Tom.
1: I never saw The
2: Shadow. I Have I
1: talked it. about The Shadow on this? We're uh,
2: getting off to a roaring start this week.
1: You know about this? Uh, the The guy who created The Shadow... He did it in this apart. It's like right in Greenwich Village. We can go there tonight.
2: I'd rather not. <laughs> so it's a, the the comic book. The, the comic shadow, book. The shadow the, from like the thirties.
1: Yeah, it was from like maybe even yeah, like the thirties. It was like a you know comic strip before comic books. Maybe right. There were comic books. Maybe he wrote novels. I don't know. This guy apparently it's a write. I don't understand the logistics around it. But he had to write, like, a lot of shadow content. I think he wrote novels about the shadow, There were too. pulp novels yeah.
2: that began in the 1930s. Right. Uh, Walter B. Gibson.
1: Yeah. Walt Was... Gibson. Yeah. Uh, so he would just work on these things, like, crazy in his apartment. Uh, and then later on, when he, like, I-, I don't know if he died there or he left there or whatever... That apartment was haunted by the shadow himself. It was haunted, Tom? Haunted by the shadow. How so? Like, people would see a ghost. You know how people see ghosts? They would see a ghost, but the ghost wasn't Walt. It was the shadow. And the theory is that Walt put so much uh, focus on the shadow while he was in there that he somehow manifested it into the real world.
2: That uh, that adds up. Well, I mean, it
1: makes as much sense as ghosts.
2: Yeah, which is
1: <laughs> none. Right, actually, it makes more sense than ghosts in my mind.
2: Tom, I went to look up some facts about the shadow to, uh-huh. to fact check you. On yeah, this.
1: Did, there is the first fact that he knows.
2: No, I got sidetracked, and now I'm watching a video of a dog playing Jenga. how do you get sidetracked <laughs> that quickly? I don't know. <laughs> the internet, man. How's the internet has it? broken all of our brains, but this <laughs> dog is good at Jenga. How? He took a piece out, out oh, of the bottom. Pushes and then pulls on yeah, the other side? It's the big Jenga. Oh, you know how big yeah. Jenga is a thing now? Yeah, yeah. Big Jenga is upsetting to me with those big pieces because when it oh, falls, it's dangerous. No, it's just so loud. Yeah, it's annoying. Because <laughs> I've I'm, n- n- I'm never the one playing big Jenga.
1: I've never been asked to. I know, me neither.
2: <laughs> uh, we're always at parties, and we're we have just uh, enough clout to get invited to the party, but not enough to participate in games like big, big Jenga. Jenga. Yeah.
1: Uh, hey, uh, can we play big Jenga? Can we get a turn at big Jenga?
2: I mean, we don't have the confidence to do that cuz if we did, no alliance comes ah, fine. <laughs> and then somebody else will be like, uh, I'm going to go get a drink." And yeah. then be like, "Well, you oh. were playing Big Jenga. And Who are they going to play me against?" And you yeah. playing Big
1: Jenga. Everybody else goes and does something starts else. Starts playing cornhole. Yeah. Well, I thought I thought we were going to play Big Jenga. Mm. Or I'll 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 be standing at where at w- in what I think is next in line to play Big Jenga, but then when the game ends, somebody else just walks up and starts playing. I'm like, oh, th- th- there was a line actually. Yeah, no, it's fine. I'll I'll play next, and then their game goes on too long. All like, right, the party's over. Everybody leave. That means you, Tom. Yeah. I'm like, well, I, I, I was just gonna play Big Jenga for a minute. Uh, you can play one game of Big Jenga. And then I, I trip and I knock over oh the big geez. Jenga right away. And then and you like, have oh, to put God it back. God damn in the it. Box. Put it all back yeah. in the box now.
2: Ugh. Big Jenga stinks. Where do you get big Jenga? It's fucking Big Party City.
1: <laughs> okay. You don't get regular Jenga at Party City.
2: Yeah, cuz you don't play regular Jenga at parties, Tom. That's true. Huh.
1: Anyway, how are you doing this week?
2: Tom I'm feeling trim and dizzy.
1: Uh, are you on a new weight loss regimen?
2: I am, Tom.
1: Oh, what is it? I'm
2: trying to slim down before the holidays.
1: Yeah, on the, the
2: poop pills? What are poop pills? The, the
1: ally stuff? It, it just makes you poop a lot?
2: No, I've been trying to eat uh, healthy food.
1: <sighs> I guess that'll work, too.
2: None of the carbohydrates?
1: Yeah, protein
2: trying to eat protein
1: is that hard because you're a vegetarian
2: it is because it's beans and lentils and stuff yeah it's uh it's fine but i also find that uh i don't want to eat healthy food (laughs) so i'm just not eating enough food i think right so i'm a little dizzy all the time (laughs) well that's
1: good that's a good way to be
2: but i'm feeling trimmer
1: have you actually lost weight
2: i don't have a scale (laughs) Then what are you,
1: how are you measuring success or failure based on how dizzy you
2: are at any given time? It's based on, I can tell if I'm losing weight. You can?
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I can tell if I'm, I can tell after a while if I'm losing or gaining weight. I mean, one I would have to. I don't know if to, I can tell like day to day. If
2: I'm not eating, oh uh, yeah, sure, not day to day, but if I'm not eating ca- any, carbs and- Uh, sugar and stuff for two weeks one would one would think that i'd be slimming down right
1: yeah but i mean you should you should have a scale so you can check i mean tim a guy like you you can afford a scale
2: I can afford a scale, and I was thinking about this the other day. I don't know where in my home I would put it. In the, in the bathroom. My bathroom doesn't have enough floor space for a scale. They've got to have like i I'd a, trip over it on the way to the shower, Tom. Yeah. They've got to have like a
1: tiny scale by now. But how? Yeah. I mean, so many people are listening to this podcast right now going, like, you guys are pathetic. Like, why do you live in that city? Tim's talking about how he doesn't have room for a scale. And I don't even question it because I'm like, yeah, I barely have room. I I do have a scale in my bathroom. I trip over it three times. It's like
2: one square foot. (laughs) Yeah. You don't have one square. It's like that. No, that's one. Like 500th of my...
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, I do, but then I'm going to have to stand on the scale while I brush my teeth. You know what?
2: What? A Murphy scale.
1: I was going to suggest... I mean, any scale can be a Murphy scale. You just have to (laughs) tilt it up.
2: Yeah, but uh, I want to build an apparatus. Oh, build so. it into the wall. Yeah, mm. Tom, did I tell you I stayed at an Airbnb recently with an with a Murphy bed? No, it was thrilling.
1: Did you go inside of it at all? Did it spring I, up and trap you in there? I
2: didn't, and I was a little afraid of that. Yeah, but also, wow, were you afraid or did you want that? A little excited by the prospect. Yeah, of course. You know what? You know what I found out about Murphy beds? What? Not as spring-loaded as you might expect. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Most of I mean, they just dangerous. they just they just pull down and 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 you put it back up. And well, what latch if somebody's
1: in. chasing you and you want to jump into the bed and have that's it spring the, into the that's wall? That's
2: the thing. I was I was at an Air- Air- Airbnb and my plan was to do a bunch of crimes. Right. Run back to my Airbnb, spring the Murphy bed, and get caught in the wall. Mm-hmm. I had to call off all my crimes.
0: Yeah.
1: People can't see this, but uh, my favorite thing about recording the podcast with you is that if you get a text message, you immediately check it. You don't. (laughs) I'm like, oh, Tim's picking up his phone to like turn it over, turn off the screen. Nope. He's unlocking his phone, seeing what this text message is. Yeah, you want to know what this text message is? Yeah, what was it?
2: Amp energy drink wrap. Care to earn $500 a week with amp energy drink on your car, slash truck, slash bike, slash ATV, slash boat, etc.? Click, click link for more detail. Tom, this is an opportunity for me. $500 a week. If you paid me $500 a week to be there's here, there's no
1: way you can make $500 a week just wrapping putting... my car in an amp energy drink. Yeah, no.
2: We should bleep every time I say amp. Yeah, this okay. is just oh, what they yeah, want. It's
1: my week to edit. Of course you would say <laughs> that.
2: You should bleep uh, all the all the brand names, even in the ads that we do this week. <laughs>
1: um Murphy beds. Oh scales. What about this kind of a scale? This has to exist. What if you get like the Richter
2: a- scale top? No, yeah, it does exist and it's for tragedies. So. Like
1: a like a home meat scale. Like a hook in your apartment that you can just dangle from and then mm. see how much you
2: weigh. I mean, I already have a meat hook in my in my <laughs> apartment. Right.
1: You just gotta get the attachment that has a, a scale on it.
2: Yeah. Uh, it's it's not a bad idea, Tom. <sighs> how are you doing this week?
1: Uh I'm good. Thank you for asking. Tim, this week we're talking role-playing games. People
2: who play roles in the context of a game. Yeah. No, games in which people play roles.
1: I recently re-watched The Game. Remember Starring, that movie?
2: Starring uh, Mickey Douglas? Mickey yeah. Mickey
1: Michael Douglas. That movie is not- Is that a Davy Finch? Yeah, that's one of Davy Finch's first movies. Nice. I think after Alien 3, he did The Game and then Fight Club. Hmm. Um, that movie, it like holds up on a lot of levels. Story-wise, it does not hold up.
2: In terms of?
1: In terms of when you're watching, you're like, no way.
2: No no way.
1: Just implausible? Yeah, the way everything works is just very implausible.
2: You know what I thought? And spoiler alert for the game. (laughs) At the end, he jumps off the building? Yeah. How do they know he's going to jump off in that exact spot? exactly but that, maybe it's like a Darren Brown thing Tom what do you mean where he you know you don't know how uh, people have been uh, persuading the way he thinks by their well I know
1: at at the end of the party one of the actors says to him like "Oh, I'm glad you jumped because if you didn't I was gonna have to throw you off and like has a big laugh so it's implied like they did have a backup plan uh but the, the weird thing at the end of so anybody that hasn't seen it, that doesn't mind that it's spoiled. Uh, Michael Douglas, he's Did a- Did it come
2: out in 1997? Yeah. He, good good pull. Uh, I know what every what year every 90s movie came out. Uh, Sometimes it, I have to say the 90s, right? Right.
1: <laughs> uh, Michael Douglas is uh, the man who has it all uh, until his brother, Sean Penn, uh, buys him a birthday present, which is the game, which is like an uh, an augmented reality game. Uh, so
2: does he uh, take out his iPhone and he sees? No, this uh, is before arrows that. pointing to certain. So devices. it's kind
1: of like a like a, a role playing game that's happening around him. Oh wow! Because everybody's he's
2: playing the role of himself, right? But but the role of, he was born to play.
1: But you know, normally his life's pretty humdrum, pretty boring. But in this uh, game, a bunch of crazy stuff starts happening around him. And then they trick him into thinking that, like, no, the game is fake. This is actually a company stealing your identity so they can steal all your money.
2: Oh, brother.
1: Um, And then they trick him into thinking that he shot uh, his brother Sean Penn. And then he jumps off a building to kill himself like his father had killed himself. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but he crashes through a big skylight and lands in a big, uh, stunt man bag, a big fall bag. Yeah. Uh, and everybody's there. It's a big surprise party. His
2: brother cheers him with a glass of champagne.
1: He does. Yeah. yeah. Um, he does twice. He does it once and gets shot. And then the second time, uh, uh, the second time he doesn't cheers him. He's got a, a novelty t-shirt he's made for him.
2: Oh, wow. The I love a movie that ends with a novelty t-shirt <laughs> ceremony. But but
1: the, the thing about the movie is, to everybody else that's at that party, I guess it was explained to them what's happening. And they're like, so we're going to get this guy to his lowest point where he's decided to kill himself. But then it's going to be a big surprise. And this like, is friends and family. Yeah. Okay. And like there would be I'll a lot of. I'll get him to of... kill himself the way
2: his father killed himself. <laughs> right, right. right.
1: Uh, yeah, we'll we'll remind him a bunch of how his father killed himself by jumping to his death, so that he decides to do it. But then it'll be a big laugh at the end because it's just a it's a fun party. Tom,
2: can I tell you something? I attended a surprise party this past weekend. <laughs>
1: right. did, did you? Did uh, was the uh, the member of honor uh, tricked into? committing suicide and then uh they not even no not even close (laughs) yeah a surprise party's traumatic enough you don't no it was for my aunt and uncle like i imagine (laughs) michael douglas getting out of the bag and just being like everybody leave me
2: alone and
1: having like a complete mental breakdown but
2: as a guest (laughs) at that party right it's it's enough pressure and maybe this is just the specific anxiety that i have about the world Mm -hmm. but i hate surprise parties i hate attending surprise parties i think they're all in good fun i think it's a nice idea but i'm always like well this is a lot like i could be the one to screw this up anybody here can screw this up and all that was asked of me was like get here before this time right don't park directly out front. Right, yeah, park in this lot. Go where you're supposed to go yeah. at this time. And the entire time I'm just like, "Oh no, I hope I don't do something to screw this up. I hope mm. I don't screw up this whole party." I can't imagine if it was like, "Okay, show up here. You're going to come to this party. We're all going to drive this guy. <laughs> like, this is such a a uh, a plan that needs to be perfectly executed. Yeah, that would be so much more anxiety to, yeah, to somebody like Yeah, what if Douglas
1: me. is standing on the edge of the building, he's about to kill himself, and he's like, "Is that Roger from my old job?" <laughs>
2: yeah, oh, I'm late. Uh, oh, yeah.
1: surprise!
2: Oh, and he's uh, Roger's only friggin' three minutes late. Right, he's, he's walking he's like, from uh, the parking lot.
1: I will uh, will move past surprise parties in a second year, but I will say that
2: surprise (laughs) is that what you're gonna say
1: (laughs) i know my problem pretty surprised my problem with surprise parties i don't have that anxiety i have a little bit of that anxiety that you described but i can normally take care of that by like making sure i'm there very early yeah it's like i've never seen you be very well i was gonna say (laughs) it's probably the only way you can get me early for something (laughs) is if i think i'm gonna ruin a surprise party i'll be there very early but then I get hyper-conscious of everybody else and very mad that somebody else is going to ruin the surprise. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, like, I've, I've been at surprise parties where, like, people are strolling in. You know, when you're, like, waiting for the person... And somebody else strolls in, and you're like,
2: get in here. They're we like, are, oh, hey, everybody. It's like, get out of the way. Shut up. We're being quiet at this point. Yeah. We're being quiet 10 uh, minutes before we need to be quiet. Yeah. Just I've, in case.
1: I've been at surprise parties where the, the person being surprised, like, uh, and they're walking in with somebody else because, like, they ran into yeah. each other. It's like, oh, great. Now that person has a heads up. <sighs> Real mad surprise right.
2: party. Can I tell you about a surprise party, Tom? <laughs>
1: this episode's about role-playing games, <laughs> but go ahead. I'll allow it.
2: Uh, my mother-in-law mm-hmm. had a, a party before I knew either of them right. for my f- father-in-law.
1: Mm-hmm. It
2: seems weird that I'm using those phrases. That's uh, Those are grown-up words. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, the, the old battle axe. She had a, uh, a a reverse surprise party for him, and mm. I think you can only pull this off in the suburbs. Okay, like uh, it was uh, you know the weekend of his birthday. Told him
1: uh, she they were having a big party, and then nobody showed <laughs> up.
2: <laughs> so, I mean, she calls it a reverse <laughs> birthday party, I, but. Uh, <laughs>
1: What I described as an actual (laughs) reverse surprise party.
2: (laughs) Tell me if this would ever work in 2019 where our communities are getting ever more fractured. Mm -hmm. Uh, Somebody would show up, like, knock on the door and be like, hey, uh, remember I was telling you about the book? I was, you know, out for a walk and I I figured I'd I'd bring this book by. And then my father in law was like, hey, come in and have a drink, whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, you came here. And then somebody else was like, oh, I have to. And, like, people would just show up. Oh, okay. One by one, until he figured out, like, "Hey, all these people plan to be here. Hey, it's a party right um if has any one of your friends ever just stopped by your place? no. But also, wouldn't I, it be nice if we had these kinds of lives? I mean,
1: it sounds like a great surprise on, party on
2: Seinfeld when they were like, "Oh, you can't do the pop in." I would love for somebody to <laughs> pop in. It's not that I have I'm no so friends. Lonely. No, we have we have a robust friend group. Yeah, but wouldn't it be nice if somebody just yeah. like came by one time? Yeah, shut up, Jerry Seinfeld. It's yeah. nice when Elaine comes by. Maybe not so nice when George comes by. Right. And also, wouldn't it be nice to just hang out in somebody's apartment all the time?
1: How did this reverse surprise party work in regard to, uh, uh, like, people coming together? Because I would assume, like, it would be like, well, all right, I'm going to bring, like, my wife and kids. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Are we all going to come up to the door like, hey, here's that book. We all came up to the door. (laughs) We're all going to come in.
2: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Sure, I think he caught on very quickly. Yeah, that may.
1: I mean, I would catch on by like the second person, probably. (laughs) Certainly the third. Yeah,
2: but that is. I like
1: that idea. That's fun. It's
2: a it's a cute idea. Yeah. Hey, well done.
1: To your in laws.
2: Yeah, I know they're listening. They're not listening.
1: I don't tell them about this thing. Yeah. Well. Yeah. If you want to keep them, your in laws, you shouldn't. Why? Because they'll, you they'll, they'll know, no, they'll, no they'll hang around with somebody like you. No, they'll tell your wife to leave you.
2: <laughs> what makes you think they haven't already told her to do that?
1: <laughs> Tim, this week we're talking about role playing games. Games where you play a role, not like the game that Michael Douglas played. Well, he did play but not the role he was born to play off, himself. Not too far off. Tim, uh, I want to talk. All right. There, there are a bunch of different types of role playing games. I want to start off. Here's
2: talking... the common thread. Mm hmm. They're all bad.
1: They're all bad? So I was going to say- I'm just kidding.
2: That's, that's what I thought until I played one.
1: Well, I was going to say that I have had the the unique pleasure of playing a tabletop role-playing game with you. Yeah. We were all at a tabletop. Nobody was under the table. Everybody was on top.
2: When you were a kid, uh huh. did you think it was a role-playing game because you'd roll dice?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay,
2: cool. I only learned that that wasn't the case. <laughs> the
1: first time you played? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we played Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. The, the OG, as it were. The original gangster. Yeah. Do you know about, like, we talked about this a little bit off mic. Uh, not recently, but, like, when we were uh, starting to play Dungeons & Dragons. Um, that it, it came out of, like, uh, people doing, like, war uh the models and stuff like like just having like a big table and being like all right here I'm gonna like set up uh you know like war revolution- games like revolutionary war style like oh here's how it worked and the guy oh Gary something or other glitter no <laughs> uh that created uh Dungeons and Dragons he Ed was wrote
2: in- rock and roll part two <laughs>
1: he was into that did some other stuff and then he was like, oh, we should, I should come up with like a way to make this an actual game, not just like, you know- A, a
2: demonstration? Yeah.
1: I was just saying, going like,
2: pew, pew, pew. Um, Why were they doing that? Who made the figurines?
1: You, you know, like little pewter figurines. Computers? Pewter. Huh. Uh, that That's like what they were into, but, but then- he came along, he was like, how about we, like, make an actual game out of this? And he was really into Lord of the Rings, like, you know, most nerds in the 70s were. Gary Gygax? Yes. Um, and came up with uh, Dungeons & Dragons.
2: You know what, Tom? What? yeah. crap all over me for uh, reading text messages about making $500 a week <laughs> wrapping my car in an energy drink uh, advertisement. Mm-hmm. But when you need to know who created Dungeons and Dragons or who wrote The Shadow, who's the guy that's looking at a screen to figure it out? Yeah,
1: you can open your computer. The dog's playing Jenga again. (laughs) I don't think it's again. I think it's probably (laughs) the same video from the last one. It's been
2: on a loop the whole time. I've been (laughs) looking at it this whole time. Oh,
1: you son of a bitch. Um, All right. So, Dungeons and Dragons, Tim. How do you start playing Dungeons and Dragons? Do you remember?
2: Uh, You create a character. You do. By rolling the dice.
1: Not just rolling the dice.
2: Rolling the 12-sided dice.
1: Not necessarily.
2: 20-sided (laughs) dice. Not necessarily. Do you seriously want to see this dog play in
1: That The dog's walking away Yeah, look.
2: Sorry. Here, look. The dog is approaching the giant Jenga. He took it out with his paw, got it with his teeth. The owner stabilized the top. When yeah. He away.
1: Uh, oh, that was not that impressive, actually. I wish you had left that to the imagination.
2: Well, I. I was I don't painting think, a picture. I
1: don't think that dog knew it was playing Jenga. I think it knew I'm taking. No shit,
2: Tom. No <laughs> shit. The dog didn't know it was and playing And he didn't J- put
1: it back up on the top.
2: Yeah, that's true.
1: Um, so the first thing you need to do, Tim, is come up with a character. You got the character sheet. You need to pick like uh what type of character you want Are you, you an play. orc? And orc? Are you an elf? An elf? Uh, uh
2: can you be a wizard? Yeah, let's say a wizard.
1: You could be like a, a like an attack guy, like a like a a brawler? Yeah, a brawler, that's what they call him. Mm-hmm. And there's like a bunch of I mean, it goes on and on. Right. And we were playing a version that had like expanded characters. You were playing,
2: you were a cat man at one point. There's a barbarian. Yeah, barbarian. a bard, what is that, a singer? That's a
1: singer. I think we both wanted to be bards and uh, our our dungeon master in this case, uh, Taylor, was like, no.
2: (laughs) The great man, Taylor Moore, uh, really got fed up. He was the dungeon master. (laughs) We stopped doing it. We both want
1: to be bards, we both just want to (laughs) sing.
2: What, what do we do, two or three uh, sessions? We did
1: more than that. We did a bunch of sessions.
2: He And the last one, he <laughs> yelled at us for being so bad at playing Dungeons and & Dragons and that we never played again. Yeah. Taylor, if you're listening, which you're not, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well,
1: there's no wrong way to play Dungeons & Dragons, except when <laughs> we play, apparently. Maybe things would have gone differently if we could have both played as bards. But you played as a cat person at one point, I remember. Yeah. I played as a bird person at one point. We mm-hmm. played two different campaigns. Right. So when you sit down to play a desktop or a tabletop role-playing game, you're not necessarily uh playing it all the way. Th- you're not you can you have sessions. And a lot of times those sessions carry over multiple times. So it's like it's a It's like episodes serialized of episodes. a
2: season of a TV show.
1: Right. You're not starting from scratch every time, which yeah. is uh, one of the big allures of it. And think some of people... it
2: like the television show Fargo. Sometimes you're gonna you're gonna be in the 1970s and you'll be Ted Danson for 12 times in a row, <laughs> but then it might be the 1990s and you're uh, that uh, other lady who was in the first season. I don't remember the Fargo TV show. Well, it's that well.
1: a good good. Thing that you use that for an example. You could have any other anthology TV show. Name one. American Horror Story.
2: All right. Name uh, a season and a character twice. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, see?
1: Well, that's why I didn't jump in. I, I thought I was doing a good job just explaining it's campaigns and then sessions, essentially. Mm-hmm. And we played two different campaigns and a few sessions of each. Then we did two sessions initially and then maybe like three sessions after that of a different kind.
2: I hope somebody's writing this down because <laughs> this is really good info.
1: You figure it out. Your character, like what kind of what race you want to be. What? That <laughs> the races are like elves and gnomes and uh, orcs, not the color of your skin. Okay. Once you figure that out, and you figure this is out,
2: what always was so daunting to me. What? It's just so much. Like, how are you supposed to know what you want to be? Well, the
1: thing is, you don't. It doesn't really. Just in life. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, like in life, it's kind of there are no wrong decisions. It's what you make of it, right? Uh, and I think that was actually a thing that both of us had trouble with with D anD D, because uh, we the the it's very much the journey is the destination, right? So you're not looking for well, all right. Well, I want my character to just be like overpowered just the, the biggest badass can kill everybody just by looking at him because that's not even necessarily fun
2: yeah you're building a story here.
1: you're building a story and every character every type of character is going to have its own strengths and weaknesses uh, and a lot of it's going to be how you play it and how you, you're it's not it is a game of course but uh, that you're not playing it necessarily to win you're playing it to have an adventure, a grand adventure. A grand adventure with with your friends
2: um, until one of your friends gets angry and yells at you and stops <laughs> playing.
1: <laughs> well something he wasn't wrong. right. Yeah, I mean, you got yelled at because you just didn't know things that by that point you really should have understood.
2: Yeah, I also am a very cautious player. As uh, much yeah. as I am a very cautious person in life, right. and I think uh, what what You're Taylor the Dungeon Master taught me mm. is that uh, you know what, maybe sometimes you just had to go for it and right. and and make a move. Yeah, and uh, I wasn't making like my whole thing was like, I'm gonna sneak around, mm-hmm. and he's like, like well, you sure you don't want to storm the you know. We were we were trying to get into a our two characters had teamed up. Mm-hmm. We were trying to get into an event or something. There was like a ticket. Oh event.
1: yeah, yeah. We had to sneak into a place. And I was just kind of like,
2: yeah. And I was like, oh, we'll just sneak around and look. And he's like, you sure you don't want to go in there? And I was like. Think it's too risky to go in there. And he's like, Well, if you're not gonna take risks, blah blah you know, like gave yeah. his speech. Which was right, right? Like you gotta play the game. Yeah,
1: the two of us were both playing so cautiously. <laughs> and then we were playing like it was our actual lives at stake.
2: <laughs> yeah, and then after I got that that pep talk, yeah, my response to everything and I think he thought I was mocking his advice, but really right. I was just putting it into into action poorly every time there was like an opportunity for conflict. I was like, all right, let's light this guy on fire. Right. You you went completely the other way. Yeah, exactly. And uh, look, this is much like I operate in real life, and it's why Taylor and I aren't better friends in real life.
1: Right. You, you just operate uh, black and white. There's no gray.
2: Exactly. It's
1: either you're too cautious or
2: you're completely reckless. I'm idling in the parking lot, or I'm screaming down the highway at 100 miles per hour. Wow. In a drop-top convertible.
1: (laughs) Are you referencing something, or are you trying to figure out? With a... (laughs) See, this is, Tim, somebody uh, flying down the highway in a drop top, they're not going to be this cautious in choosing their words. <laughs> they're just going to do it. That's the problem.
2: Uh, pedal to the metal, my friend. That's yeah. what I'm about. So, yeah,
1: we were both very cautious playing, uh, role-playing. And I think we- And also
2: he'd be like, whoa, what does your guy say now? And I'd just be like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we We
1: had trouble, I think- uh, with getting into what I th- what what I understand to be one of the most fun elements of doing a role playing game, which is inhabiting the role, right? Just fully uh, giving it your all of like I'm a little
2: goblin. Yeah. Ooh. Neither of us did even one voice the entire time.
1: No, you know. And now I'm doing the goblin voice. I should have been a goblin. Should have been like, a goblin. Yeah. Maybe I'll just sneak into the event. Hmm. Me thinks I'll take a key.
2: Me thinks. That's, that's the key to all role-playing role games. Yeah.
1: We weren't playing roles enough, and I think we would have had more fun. Yeah. I think we both would really right like a tub. lot of
2: drinks to
1: really yeah. get into roles, but we should yeah, have done it's it. It's
2: really his fault for not giving us more drinks.
1: He gave us like unlimited drinks. Yeah. I think we were afraid to drink too much because he then wasn't we were drinking. Well <laughs> no, I was gonna say because then we would screw up the game and die in real
2: life. Yeah. <laughs> uh the dungeon master. Yeah. Or another which, which r- we
1: should get into, yeah. Or the game master if it's not Dungeons and Dragons.
2: That was the other thing that always confused me about RPGs. Mm-hmm. So there are the players that, that assume roles. Right. When they go on an adventure. But the adventure is being driven by this one uh, person. Yeah, and uh, it's it's a person who sits there and they have a story, or the they they've defined the they, world that you're
1: in. They usually have like a little divider between them and everybody else.
2: Elitist pricks. <laughs> It's not a very uh, big- You can't see my no Don't copy my test.
1: They're not, it's not one, of, it's not like, Uh, I know sometimes when we travel for shows, you bring a dressing divider yeah. that you put up so that when you need to change your shirt sometimes, you'll put up this big divider.
2: And sometimes I think it's sexy to bring somebody into the, uh, the dressing room and go behind that divider. Yeah, well, and, you also, uh, you bring the divider- Throw my clothes up as I change.
1: You bring the divider and then you bring a big spotlight so you can cast a shadow on the divider. <laughs> yeah. To have your silhouette.
2: And it's going to be better next year now that I've been on this diet, Tom.
1: <laughs> You'll be more
2: voluptuous? No, it'll be less voluptuous. <laughs> oh, okay.
1: <laughs> um, it's not that kind of divider. It is maybe a foot-high divider. And behind that divider, they've got a map sometimes. Mm-hmm. And they've just got like a bunch of information. They They're... But they're not necessarily very scripted. They've got some stuff that's a little scripted, but a they lot have of times
2: characters that are in certain places, so if you go to a place... Right, so They're going to assume that character.
1: Yeah, so they'll... Yeah, in a place, they'll have, like, all right, this character's here, and this character is a magician that, uh, you know, is hiding this secret, but also has information about this thing... And it's kind of, and they're helpful. They're not helpful. That kind of stuff.
2: The dungeon master or the game master mm-hmm. has to do a lot of prep work.
1: Oh, a ton of prep work. And a and a a dungeon master or can make or break a game. I think like you can't have a good game with a bad dungeon master, and you can't have a bad game with a good dungeon master. That's what my shirt says.
2: <laughs> it's a great shirt. It's the novelty shirt that I'm going to give you when you try to kill yourself.
1: <laughs> no, and that's what uh, Taylor did uh, fantastic. He would inhabit these characters. Yeah. Uh, and then we would not follow suit inhabiting the characters like he did. Right. Which we should have. He was doing accents and everything. He had all kinds of schemes worked up. I think me and you needed to like probably come up with a lot more backstory about our characters yeah
2: i I felt very um vulnerable yeah kind of scared me a little bit
1: yeah I mean our experience was mostly just us being very scared <laughs> scared of uh dying scared of Satan taking us into the underworld because oh, like, we got too much into
2: it exactly.
1: So that's another big element of Dungeons and Dragons that it led to a satanic panic in the '80s, where uh, parents groups and stuff and churches and whatnot—they didn't like all this make-believe. They didn't like all this pretending. No. That the kids were doing. They didn't understand it. They didn't want to understand it because it was Satan's tool. They thought to get
2: now. The- why was this? Was this just his parents in the eighties? Just listened to whatever Nancy Reagan said. Was Nancy Reagan against Dungeons and Dragons? Because she's like, that's if... not true astrology.
1: <laughs> I don't know if it got up to her level.
2: Huh. Um, Nancy I... Reagan blissfully unaware <laughs> of role playing <laughs> games, right? Because <laughs> must I be nice. Because
1: I even in like the 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 late seventies, early eighties, like it still wasn't. It was still a nerdy thing. You yeah. Know? Like, so. Tom, I got news for you. <laughs> so it wasn't like, oh, everybody was playing them. It was like, it was still a, a pretty small minority of uh, people. And I think it but was. But was it
2: like the stereotypical nerds? Why were they like. Well, these guys are the most uh, Satan. Why weren't they? Why were they picking on the Poindexters who were spending their Saturday nights uh, rolling dice with their friends and not the fornicators who were out uh, at make out point? Because they just figured the Zodiac killer would take (laughs) care of them.
1: (laughs) Right. Well, I think that they it, it was all I mean, like most panics, it's that they didn't understand what was going on. They didn't right. understand that this was a game. This looked like some kind of worship to them. Uh, and they didn't understand, like, wait a minute, you're playing a game with, like, dragons and demons and monsters. Dungeons. And dungeons. Like, what the hell is going on They're with this thing? are playing that classic
2: game, dragons and dungeons. <laughs>
1: uh, and that's what kind of freaked them out, because they just didn't understand it, and they didn't understand, like, well, wait a minute. Like, where's, where's the board, like, a Monopoly? Right. There, oh, like there's there's either no board or there's a board, but like you're not necessarily moving. You know, yeah. like oh, don't don't uh, pass go or whatever. You know, it's like a grid going right. on. Uh, and I think they were just very confused by it and very scared. And the do you think rational uh, they, assumption come is down, involved?
2: Yeah, do you think they'd come down into the basement and they'd be like, "This is what we're doing. I'm the dungeon master." It's a game like Monopoly, and they'd be like, oh, the Dungeon Master is like uh, Rich Uncle Pennybags. Yeah. He's the Dungeon Master of uh, Monopoly. Was it
1: Pennybags or Moneybags? Pennybags. Pennybags. I mean, that doesn't sound very rich.
2: who would be the mascot of the game of life? Probably that clicky wheel, right? (laughs)
1: Probably. I used to play not Dungeons & Dragons, but I would play... I've talked about this on the show. My neighbor had a Nintendo Entertainment System, and I didn't. So
2: you uh, didn't have an NES because you were a
1: scumbag. (laughs) I later had a Sega. You were a Sega kid. Later,
2: Sega kids.
1: But uh, I never. And now,
2: what did a Sega kid grow up uh, to be? A guy that com uh, you, a guy that complained about the original Sonic trailer. Yeah, and called got in it some fixed. death threats and got it fixed.
1: Yeah, Sega kids get shit done. Anyway, uh,
2: man, imagine the Nintendo kids had uh, the clout to <laughs> fix 1993's Super Mario Brothers yeah, movie exactly.
1: Um. Yeah, so I would go over to his house and play Nintendo, but Can I tell you? He only I had... got
2: the I got the Super Mario Brother movie year correct as well. Good for you. <laughs> Very
1: Tim, I'm bursting with pride right now. He only had Super Mario Brothers, so that was all we would play and I hated it. I wish he had got more games. Um, but I did have a friend that this is Prior to us playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons with our friend Taylor, uh, who, by the way, he has, uh, he produces...
2: Rude Tales of Magic.
1: Yeah, a a podcast,
2: which you should go listen to. Very funny. Did we both look that up when we were talking about how Taylor yelled at us and how <laughs> he's actually really good at what he does. Actually, Branton Reese is the is the dungeon master. Right, Taylor's
1: one. the producer on that show, yeah. I believe. Rude uh, yeah. Tales of Magic. You should check it out. It's very good.
2: Wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Yeah, or wherever you don't. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, maybe people have ripped them, re-upload them to YouTube.
2: Yeah. I, I only listen to pirated Podcast
1: that helps out hosts and everybody else. Yeah,
2: it's too hard to. Or I don't want to. I don't want anybody to get the satisfaction of me listening through normal channels. That's good.
1: You're fighting the good fight.
2: Thank you. I am. I never. So before uh,
1: playing with Taylor, the only time I'd ever played a um, uh, role-playing game was with our friend Matt, mutual friend of me and you, Matt. When we were in maybe fifth or sixth grade, he invited everybody over. It might have been his birthday a sleepover party. Sleep, you know, everybody sleepover. And we were going to play the Star Wars role-playing game. The Star Wars tabletop role-playing game. Which is, I don't understand how kids in the 80s and 90s Played role playing games that they were able to like wrangle enough of their friends together to do it. Why? I could growing up, I was
2: always hanging out with five or more people at a time.
1: No, that I understand, but the idea of getting that that many people to agree to play something like a role playing game, yeah, and not have people just. Constantly fucking around because that's what this Star Wars role playing game experience was. Uh, that's
2: why it was the quote unquote nerds because they were the well one, behaved. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're the ones that could concentrate, uh, like did well in school and were like, hey, if I put some attention into something, it will pay off. Right.
1: Yeah. So he was trying to play with us. You and I- a bunch of mooks. <laughs> And I remember we were all like uh, the adventure started. We were like uh, chained up in a in a dungeon in, in Star Wars world, and it was like, all right, Tom, what uh,
2: the, uh, Tatooine?
1: One one of the worlds. Tom, were
2: you on a uh, Hoth?
1: It might have been. I don't remember the exact planet.
2: Were you on uh, Jedi?
1: Dagobah?
2: Oh come on, Tom! What? Enough with the slurs.
1: (laughs) So it was like, oh, you're chained up. Uh, What do you do? And I was like, oh, I take out my lightsaber. And it's like, no, you don't have a lightsaber. You're not a Jedi. (laughs) It's like, what? (laughs) If it's make-believe, then I want to have a lightsaber.
2: Did you call it at the time a (laughs) (laughs) lifesaver?
1: I want to have a lifesaver. Uh and I think that turned into like a very big argument. And then it was like, all right, fine. Everybody has lightsabers. Everybody's Jedi's. It's like, all right, I take out my lightsaber and I, I put it through an Ewok. <laughs> it's like, well, why would you do that? It's There's like, no Ewoks there. Yeah. Now, I think there was an Ewok. And I was like, no, nah, I, I stick it right clean through him. It cauterizes. Yeah it's like all right well now this is just gonna turn into a fight where you get killed because you're a level one player uh, and it just it degraded very quickly it wasn't yeah. very fun for well, anyone I would you're like a to go back sport. and play it I tried to buy when I was a kid I would go to the comic book store all the time and they had a bunch of a uh, bunch of role-playing games and they had a um Uh, I didn't realize this until like when I got a little bit older that the comic book store owner would tell my parents like, no, don't he that he can't have that. He's too young. And I wanted this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles role playing game that was up on the shelf all the time. Um, And I realized later like, oh, the reason why I was never able to buy it, even when I had the money, was because he was like, no, 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 don't, don't. And I was reading up about this. Listen to this. The original edition of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Other Strangeness was published with a section detailing a comprehensive list of mental illnesses uh, ostensibly drawn from the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Uh, Wait,
2: this is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles role-playing game?
1: Yeah. And the... I'm not going to get into it, but the section of... Uh,
2: I don't want to say that this was a messed up game, well, but the, the section...
1: The section that had the different forms of insanity featured an extensive list of sexual deviations, uh, some of which are not, <laughs> devi- are not deviations. They're normal. And uh, this was in the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle role-playing game. Uh, and some of the deviations were... What- what? Very not normal. Very illegal.
2: What was the the basis? Was it the cowabunga we eat pizza turtles? Or no, was
1: it, it the, was the, the original the cool
2: black and white comic yeah, book? Yeah,
1: it was like the hardcore for teens. Nice. Uh, original Ninja Turtles.
2: Those and original Ninja Turtles can go screw.
1: <laughs> what? I don't
2: like those guys.
1: Those guys, they'll chop you up, Tim. Yeah, I know, they, and that's why don't, I don't like them. I don't like don't, violence. They don't abide by regular you know rules they've got real weapons and they'll they won't hesitate to chop you up Tim what do you think of all the dice when it comes to uh
2: tabletop role playing games i like that there were a bunch of different variation of dice dices 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 Dices. You
1: like that there was a variation? I never understood why there was like, all right, you got the, the six-sided and the eight-sided and the 20. Like, why is that? What's the deal with that? But then once we played it, it was like, oh, I get
2: it. It changes the probability of of Because of sometimes things. you
1: need to pick a number between 1 and 20 at random. Yeah. And the only way to do that is to roll a dice that's got twenty a sides.
2: Yeah. Yeah, die, yeah. Yeah. You didn't realize that sometimes that a twenty sided die would be used to choose a I didn't really understand where dice came into it. Oh. Well, so it comes in a number of things, right? Yeah. You roll dice to uh establish Stats. to establish various strengths. And uh, intelligence. Right. Markers. You're figuring
1: out your character's got a bunch of different, uh, what would you call them? Traits. Right. And it's like, all right, uh, on a scale of one to 10, how smart is this knucklehead? Yeah. Roll a 10 sided die, and it's like, ah, you rolled a one. He's a real idiot. Right. So now if you're in a situation that's going to require you being smart, this character is not going to be smart.
2: So when you. Do have a situation? Let's say you're you're facing down in a battle of wits with somebody played right. by the dungeon master. The mm-hmm. dungeon master will tell you, "Hey, you met this friggin' sc- sentient squirrel that yeah, you have to outsmart in this uh, smarts contest, right? Uh,
1: or or you might even it might not even be a contest. You might say like, uh, yeah, I'm going to use uh, my intelligence to figure out uh, how to get around this guy or how to trick him." Right, and so he'll have... I'm going to try tricking this squirrel.
2: Yeah, so he'll have his own... The squirrel will have his own kind of set of statistics. And so stats. Uh, the Dungeon Master will roll for the squirrel. You'll roll for you um, on the same die. Right. On the same uh, sided die. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you will add your intelligence, your baseline intelligence, and the squirrel will add his baseline intelligence, mm-hmm. and you have to beat the squirrel if you want to get by.
1: Right, and if you're a and very smart character because you, you've you given yourself intelligence stats, then uh, you're going to do better. Y- or even if you have a crappy, you might risk that because it's like, hey, even if I have a crappy Does everybody role, know this
2: stuff? I don't know. Just, I didn't know this stuff. I didn't know this stuff either. And that happens and that's with all I'm conflict. So uh I wish we could solve the world's conflict through the roll of a dice. Well, that'd be risky though, Tim. What do you mean?
1: Because why well, if you
2: roll a uh, sneak eye? Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Well, that's real life too. No, the, the the it's it's loaded dice that we're playing with right now. God's loaded dice. No, the Illuminati's loaded dice. (laughs) Oh, no. Jeffrey Epstein's loaded dice. All right. You know
1: what? I think we should probably solve a problem.
2: Hello, and welcome to Tim and Tom Solve Your Problems. I'm Tim. I'm Tom. And we're going to solve a problem from a lucky listener who wrote in. If you'd like your problem solved, email us at thecompleteguide to everything at gmail.com. That's the complete guide to everything at gmail.com.
1: Or googlemail.com. That'll you work too.
2: Will it? Yeah. Tom, uh, Gamal you know, Nanjiani. Okay. Uh, funny man. Mm hmm. Very good actor. Oscar nominated writer. Mm hmm. Uh, one Joining
1: of the-, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. He's As- in uh, Eternals.
2: Okay. Uh, he is one of the stars of uh, Silicon Valley. Uh-huh. Have you watched Silicon Valley this season? I've only watched the premiere so far. So he plays this like weirdo nerd yeah. programmer guy. But in real life, things are going great for Kumail. Like, over the last decade, he's really... He's
1: in a Marvel movie with yeah, Angelina he's risen, Jolie.
2: He's risen through the ranks. He's so in shape and like <laughs> buff now. When he's he's playing this loser character.
1: Yeah. Well. Yeah. And he probably was at the same time had to get into like Marvel superhero shit. Yeah.
2: And so it's it's he's still very funny, but it's just like man, something's not adding up with this guy's performance. <laughs>
1: yeah. This guy looks like he's got it all figured out. He, yeah.
2: And he's playing this meek loser, yeah. Who can't can't have a friend, yeah. Whatever, dear Tim and Tom. This comes from. Why'd a, that
1: come up? Oh, I, said, I thought you were going somewhere.
2: No, I said Gamel <laughs> instead of Gmail, and okay. then it sounded like Kumail. Uh, I'm gonna use this guy's uh, real name. Okay, I think.
1: Does he allow that? <laughs>
2: He doesn't disallow it.
1: All right. Well, you use your discretion.
2: Oscar is his name. Okay. Dear Tim and Tom, I've got an issue in need of your master problem-solving skills. Who
1: do I give the best picture award to?
2: Oh, you went Oscar. Yeah. I was going to go uh uh Grouch-related.
1: And what would, what would your joke have been?
2: Um... Why am I such a grouch? I currently <laughs> attend a Spanish class every morning, and have been doing so since the start of August. Okay. This came in November ninth, Tom. So August, pretty fresh. September, October, like th- a little over three months. Every morning. Mm-hmm. You think he has weekends off? Yeah. Well, maybe you should say every weekday morning. Well, oh, come on. The way in which we're taught the language means applying personal interests and stories to topics in order to learn. Discussing our favorite holiday as a way to practice past tenses, etc. The issue is that after three months of classes, I think I've actually run out of small talk. There are simply no more ways to rehash the same story about seeing the Great Barrier Reef as a kid in different Spanish tenses. I'm concerned that as nice as the people in my class are, I actually have to start divulging personal stuff to them in order to apply new forms of Spanish grammar uh, to, uh, oh, and nobody really wants that. Pretend that sentence made sense the way I read it. Okay. Can I just start lying and create a more elaborate life story uh, instead of interests? If so, what would you recommend making up? Or with six months to go in the course. Jeez, this is a long course. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Is it a full year? Nine months. Okay. Will I be, will I be eventually caught out uh, leading to more embarrassment than repeated small talk currently does? It will get found out. Right, right. Thank you so much for the show. My dad al- initially linked uh, it to me thinking it was some Bill Bryson thing about eight years ago but now it turns out it's been so much more than that mm. his dad was like hey oscar uh smarten up yeah. here's a smart smarts podcast <laughs>
1: Yep, smarten up. Here's a smarts podcast.
2: I don't know what happened to me, Tub.
1: You haven't eaten. You were talking earlier about how you are dizzy. Yeah. You've had a couple of beers. You're telling me you just assume you've <laughs> lost weight because you're not eating anything. I, mean, I know exactly what's happening. I'm
2: eating things. I'm eating, he- but I'm only eating healthy things. So I'm not eating a lot because I don't are like you? eating healthy things. I got
1: some almond saw for you later. Mm, that you're not gonna almond. believe.
2: <laughs> are they? Buffalo dusted.
1: Tim, I've got habanero wow. barbecue.
2: Mm.
1: I've got salt and vinegar. What? And I've got soy sauce and wasabi. Holy shit. Yeah. And guess how much I've got of each?
2: A can. A goddamn pound. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. All right, you're gonna need somebody to take some of these almonds up your I'd head. be
1: happy if you ate some. <laughs> um
2: Oscar, happy for you to use my real name.
1: Oh, okay. There you go. You know what's weird? I was thinking about like, uh, I don't know. I took like seven years of Spanish or something. If I nowadays took nine months of Spanish, I would assume by the the end of the ninth month, I would be fluent and have like a a pretty close to impeccable accent.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's because when we were learning Spanish, we were the biggest pieces of shit.
1: Right, yeah. It was right after I was trying to learn how to play a role-playing game. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, you couldn't just play pretend about Star Wars. Here, learn a new language. Right. With my hormones going crazy.
2: How did that affect things?
1: It was all I could think about was just the latest issue of Maxim.
2: Yeah, I was thinking of the latest issue of FHM.
1: Yeah, I, uh, oh, learn how to say this in the past tense. Uh, not unless Carmen Electra's on the cover.
2: Yeah, or Vendela. <laughs> I
1: forgot about Vendela.
2: you remember Vendela? Yeah,
1: the, the tennis
2: player? No, she was a model. Oh, okay. Who are you thinking of?
1: I'm thinking of, um, who is what was it? Anna Kornikova? Yeah. Yeah. That's what they called her.
2: <laughs> no, it wasn't. Anyway, um, uh, Oscar-
1: I'm, <laughs> I'm curious if Oscar's classmates are running into the same issue.
2: Yeah, it seems like Oscar doesn't want to divulge much about his life. Yeah, also
1: I'm wondering about Oscar's past. They just got to <laughs> be so cagey about, like, uh, they can't know too much. Yeah,
2: They can never find out that I live in a trash can. <laughs> There it
1: is. <laughs> yep. There. <laughs> They'll judge oh, me. I'll go back. I'll edit out where you said your joke was gonna be about Oscar the Cratch, and then you can really hit it out of the yeah. park with that one. Yeah. Um Yeah, I mean if you're talking about I think you could also probably say to the teacher, Hey, I don't really can we maybe do a different subject? Like uh you know Talk about uh, like a TV show we watched recently or a movie we recently saw. Recount that kind of a thing, because that would practice your Spanish just as much. Like, oh, tell me the plot of the the last movie you saw.
2: El Iron Man. <laughs> the hombre de Iron. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna try to construct a, uh, a sentence in Spanish. But uh, alas, I've only studied (laughs) it for seven years.
1: Right. You can't be expected to be able to put together an entire sentence. Just one simple sentence. I'm saying like, I saw Iron Man.
2: It was full of action. (laughs) Ah, Christ. Or you can just do what we've been talking about, man uh build your own character but don't tell anybody it's a it's a role playing character.
1: Yeah, come up with a whole crazy background like
2: get yeah. this guy Taylor to yell at you. <laughs> come up with
1: come up with a whole background, write it all out in English. Yeah. I'm assuming English is your primary language.
2: I don't know. Here's what it says uh, at the bottom of his uh email.
1: Sprechen die Deutsch.
2: Enviado desde mi iPhone. E-Phone. Oh, maybe that's just him practicing, and is uh, so he writes his signatures signature. in Spanish to practice. Yeah, I want to know more about what. Uh, oh man, I have so many questions about Oscar. <sighs> what are your
1: other questions? Maybe I can answer them.
2: No, it's just we'll talk about this later. <laughs> <laughs> all right.
1: Uh yeah. Come up with a whole backstory. Write it all out in your native language, and then just stick to that. Or talk to your instructor. And learn how to
2: say orc in Spanish.
1: Orcle. Or talk to your instructor and say, like, hey, I'm out of shit to talk about. I got a real boring life.
2: Mind if I use Steve Urkel's backstory? (laughs) Talk about how I turned into Stefan Urkel. Good
1: luck trying to come up with a timeline of Steve Urkel's backstory. Uh, It's all over the place.
2: Oh, man. A role-playing game based on the... uh, Family Matters? uh, Family Matters Perfect Strangers universe. Right? Yeah. You could play as Balky, or you could maybe encounter Balky.
1: You could play as one of Balky's cousins from Meepos oh, man. coming to America for the first time. Nice. And then you can encounter all these characters. You would have to roll for ridiculousness. <laughs> if you like the show, you can find out more <laughs> at com. You can like our show on Facebook, facebook.com slash complete guide. Follow us on Twitter at complete guide. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Tom Reynolds. Follow me at your pal, Tim. If you want to support the show, support our sponsors, check them out. Also check out tcgt.com Amazon for your Amazon shopping needs and patreon.com slash complete guide for our secondary podcast called books, the podcast. We are wrapping up the book. Interview with the Vampire. Tim's finishing up reading it, the last quarter of it. And then uh, a week after this one, I'll be watching the movie, which is full of hunks and Kiki Dunst. Hunks and Dunst. Yeah. You can't ask for a better movie than that. Uh, I'm excited to... I remember watching it like on HBO when I was young. Yeah, because it would be on like late at night when you'd be like, let's see if anything has any nudity on it. Uh, And that was a movie that would have some nudity. Uh, Really? Yeah, of course. You described a bunch of nude scenes. This is how we drive everybody to the Patreon. Oh, nude scenes. (laughs) Oh, I got to You're sign just up.
2: driving them to whatever streaming service says Interview with the Vampire. Well, look, Do you know which streaming service says Interview with the look, Vampire? Save yourself no, you're just going to pirate it. Save
1: yourself a few bucks. I think it's still on HBO. Mm. Save yourself a few bucks and just sign up to patreon.com slash complete guide. You can hear all about the nudity.
2: Mm. What's better than me describing <laughs> nudity? Right.
1: It's way better than seeing it. Uh, Tim. Yeah, that's about, that's about it for role playing games. Uh, I would say I, I would like to play more role, uh, tabletop role playing games. Um, I enjoyed playing it. I think it's a fun social activity. I feel like as we're getting older, we need to have like more so maybe you know not necessarily role playing games, but like game nights and things like that. Yeah. Because when we were younger, it was like, hey, we're all gonna go drink. That's enough of a uh, lore. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I can't, I can't no. drink that much anymore. Tom, um, this old liver.
2: I got a good. This game old
1: liver is pickled by this point.
2: Pickled liver.
1: Yeah, but uh, can I pretend to be uh, a dragon? Mm, now you have my
2: attention. Tom, I got a good game night in the works. And okay. Guess what? It's uh, there's a short list of of people. Uh huh. You're on the short list. <laughs> oh
1: wow! Thank you. Is it just me?
2: Um. Yes, yeah, just you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bring your dog. Oh okay. She's not very good at games. No. Unless you got one of them big Jengas. Then she's very good at it.
2: Glad you got what I was setting you up for.
1: (laughs) All right. We'll see you next week.
0: That was a HeadGum Podcast.